thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Lord, I need to talk to you. There's so much on my heart. So many burdens makes it hard to know just where to start. Thank you for your family, your mercy and your love. Now on to more important things, I'll get my magic lamp a rub. I did not pick that song. That was my husband's choice. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for tonight's episode of Bible News Radio. Here it is, Sunday night, and what a day it has been, right? Yeah, and yet it's been, uh, it's been a, it's been a weekend, hasn't it? It's been, it's been a month. It's been quite the year, hasn't it? <laughs> if somebody told me that 2020 would have looked like 2020 i i would have i probably would have said nah, you're reading too many science fiction books just no that's not no mm -mm. anyway hello people i hope that uh, i hope you had a good day i uh randall and i did we went on a very nice scenic drive through middle tennessee's I don't know, it's Rolling Hills. Historic Trail of Notches Trace. Yes, it is historic, historic because that was thing. the um, at least, I mean, a well-traveled road and it was um, instrumental, let's say, in the War of 1812. So, Yes, we even seen Little War of 1812. Uh, monument. Monument, which I'll show you in just a second here. Um, 
it was really nice. But then we came home afterwards. I ate some food and then I took a nap. Actually, though, I did want to tell you about something too. Wait, hold on. But first, let me something see. besides something she's already told you. Yeah, I'm gonna hold on. I should have had this planned. I didn't. Let's see. There has to be a scripture for that, right? But if you don't have plans, mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to find the the first hesitations. No. But uh, I got some really pretty pictures of yeah, did. the fall, like like that for one. Wait, can you see that? Wait, my phone's. I'm charging my phone. Wait, hold on. I gotta move it back. Like move it back here. So that's one beautiful picture. And then, um, here's another one. I don't know if you can see that. There's some more. I'll show you a cute one of Grover and Randall. See right there. There's there they are right there. You can't even see Grover really. He's he's there though. He's there on the ground. You can kind of see him. It's a little bit blurry. Um, but the. Do you have any of the large vistas kind of photos? Here, here's, the, the here's the 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 monument to memorialize the 1812 uh, thing. Many of the and you know American soldiers in unmarked graves. So what was interesting is area. if you look at the the base of that, there's actually um, pennies and quarters, and people put rocks. I guess if they didn't have money, they put a rock. I couldn't even find a rock, though. I thought, do I really want to put a rock here? So, if you need extra money, there's... <laughs> it was kind of cool. But but here is... Yeah, here's some of the other... Some bear trees. Yeah. Put off in the distance there, the... Yellows and golds and reds. Hard to tell from... But... If you give me just a minute, this one is this one has berries on it. You can't really see it very well, but there's berries on that. It's all red. Oh wait, I pulled. I did a. Yes, you can't really see it very well, but but just to give you a quick view here. If you give me just a second, I can find one of the videos. So that's just kind of going down through Notch's Trace. Parkway. Parkway. We just drove and, I don't know, spent a couple hours. So it was kind of more relaxing than not. Yeah. I don't typically like long car rides. so <laughs> that long. But, yeah, there's some, you can see a little bit of the glare on the window. but It's hard to really get a sense of the brilliant colors. Yeah. In the open spaces. And... But compared to California in the concrete and stuff just really really um just i was telling randall and the anemic trees yeah i was telling randall that i thought it was interesting that god could have made the leaves like just turn black you know just like be they're black and they're gonna drop and off wither and but he didn't he made them brilliant beautiful um colors, colors. You know, and some of them, all the colors in a single leaf, some of the trees, a single leaf as it's dying uh, is is yellow and red and orange. And... Yeah. So, it was, you know, I felt like I was a middle aged couple going out on a Sunday drive. We took Mr. with us hmm. and he. He was he was I sitting on my like lap that. most of the time, and then after a while, I threw him in the back seat. He's he didn't quite like it. I don't think he likes it as much in the back seat, but whatever. But he he's a good boy. We can't go anywhere without Mister because he's he's our Bubba. Yeah, he is. So hello, uh, Anthony and Mia, and I see Phyllis. I don't know. I have, I'm not over on YouTube, so I don't know if anybody is there on YouTube. But um, tonight, what we wanted to do is... Uh, Are people watching on YouTube? Huh? A couple. Good. All right. Well, good. Thank Identify you, Identify yourself. <laughs> yeah. Who goes there? Well, and I know there's other people that are watching that they will never say anything because they don't dare, right? You don't, I know who you are. Anyway. 
Is that a threat? Did that sound like a threat? <laughs> All right. Well, let me tell you, next Sunday night, I am... I am super excited because next Sunday night, I believe, is November 1st, I think. Pretty sure. I'll yes. Double check. Yes, it is. Next Sunday night, we're going to have a special episode of Bible News Radio on Sunday night. We're going to have a special guest join us, and that is Pam Gillespie, who um, is just getting ready to launch. Well, actually, she is launching her uh, brand new study in the book of Judges. Um, we have been, I have been so blessed to be part of a, um, I don't know if it was an experiment or what, but it was a uh, 50 days of Bible reading together um, ignite uh, Bible study, Bible reading thing. And the whole, and really, how do I say this? Um, it's it's kind of comical, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to share why I think it's comical because, okay, so me and Pam met each other about a decade ago, maybe long, maybe even longer than that. Uh, we've been connected doing, doing independent ministry and, um, you know, she's always had a love for God's word always. I mean, she's always, that's all she talks about is God's word. I mean, if you think I'm obsessed with God's word, she's like, I think she's more obsessed with it than me. Um, but as iron sharpens iron, people, you know, um, anyway, anyway, um, I have been, I've had on my heart this, this whole burden to get people into God's word every day as well. And, and what's funny is that in our daily disciples group, when the Lord said, you know, Stace, you're doing this on your own. You really need to stop this. You really need to ask people to do, to do this with you. I'm like, <laughs> Sure. All right, Lord. Yeah. Huh? Okay. All right. I will. But nobody's going to do anything. I mean, seriously, God, look, you know, whenever I ask, people don't do anything. So whatever. I'm okay. But you said it. You said to ask. So I'll ask. And um, little did I know that um, God knows. Well, actually, I, I, I know God knows better than me. But but little did I know that the Lord had been preparing people to join. And so in my Facebook group that been that has been essentially kind of dead <laughs> like for years um, all of a sudden there's life because there's people who have volunteered to read a passage of scripture I give them on Sunday um, one day a week and that has just exploded my heart with joy I mean it has it, my heart this year has not been my, my heart this year has been so f overfilled with joy in so many ways that it's, it's almost hard for me to contain it. And really, I'm trying super hard to contain it even right now because those of you who know me, you know I'm like a tigger. I mean, that's who I am. I'm a tigger. I'm not an Eeyore. But it's like sometimes you got to calm tigger down because tigger gets too excited <laughs> and, <wants> to <laughs> and when tigger has a bad day, well then, you know. And I still say... If you've never seen the Tigger movie, you really should. But there is one really sad part, and that's when Tigger gets stuck in the tree. And he really, he really, really, really wants to get down. But, you know, Rabbit, who's like a caloric personality, um, and I forgot who the other one was. But they're like, all right, well, we're going to make a deal with you. But here's the deal. You cannot bounce. If, you, if we get you out of this tree... Like Christopher Robbins, like going, he's going, he's going along with this, right? And Winnie the Pooh, totally going along with it. If, if Tigger, if we get you out of that tree, you have to promise that you will not bounce if we get you out of that tree. And poor Tigger. I mean, Tigger, if you see this movie, man, it totally can pull on your heartstrings. And poor Tigger's like, he's really scared because he doesn't like heights and he got stuck in the tree and he's like he wants down and he's practically crying he's like oh all right i promise i won't bounce i promise please help me down please help me get out and um so as the movie goes on basically what happens is tigger gets helped and he's he's out of the tree um he's back to safety and what does tigger do once he's down he bounces! He just bounces because he's so excited. <laughs> uh, when 
Winnie the Pooh. A. A. Milne was brilliant. He <laughs> he was so brilliant when he when he wrote Winnie the Pooh. But anyway, um, so what's my point in sharing that? Well, that you know, sometimes yours truly, um, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just I just get so excited. But anyway, before I forget my point, um, so anyway, so all that to say, when. I saw Pam a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, invite people to this and she tagged me in a post. I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to check this out. I want to check this out. So what's it, what does this entail? Uh, well, it entails getting up early and being on, being on zoom really early. So like, um, like at seven o'clock, seven fifteen in the, in the morning, you know, I don't know how many of you are ready <laughs> at seven o'clock in the morning or seven fifteen in the morning to, like be presentable to the world. This hair takes some time, people. And seriously, you should see it in the morning. Pam has it's, but it's anyway. The funny thing is, is I don't know anybody on this Zoom call. She knows people, but not me. And so I, I get on this thing with complete strangers, no makeup, hair messed up, and all we're doing is saying, "Okay, what are you gonna read for the next half hour?" And I have to tell you, in all <laughs> complete seriousness that it has been I don't know it's 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 been life-changing but it has been challenging as well because being in God's Word every day can be challenging that's why most people aren't because they, they don't they don't know what to read they don't know where to go they don't know you know they don't know But this group has been been so good. So, you know, we go in, we check in, then we go mute. We're like mute, we're videos mute. And then a half hour later or whatever it is, come back, we check out, basically say this is what I got, who wants to share, that's it. Boom, we're done at 8.15. That's it, <laughs> done. The next morning, we do it all over again. And I can't help but wonder, you know, the... The book of Ephesians talks about growing up in Christ, right? And here, here's one thing I know, and that is that the church, let's just set this to the local body, first of all. The local body of believers is, is only healthy as the head leadership in that church, okay? And those of you who've been in the church for a long time, you, you will understand that. Randall and I were part of a church years ago that was born out of a, I think it was a, a singles group for divorced people, or maybe it was a divorce group. But anyway, the leadership in that church, everybody in that church, in the church leadership, with the exception of Randall and I think one other person, but I'm not sure, um, had been married and divorced before. And the pastor of that church had some emotional problems, in my opinion. He did. He just had some problems. He had an alcoholic background and growing up and weird stuff. And, and there was only a certain level of maturity in that church. And so there came a point where when we were in that church, the level of maturity, there, you just couldn't, you couldn't pass it, right? So in order for the body to grow, the whole body has to grow, Right. Um, and in order for you to grow, you got to eat, you need to eat food. You know, the Bible talks about first, you know, longing for the pure milk of the word. I remember when I was a, a baby believer, I, I used to love that verse. I was just like, I never understood it. Like, why did they refer to this as milk? You know, cause I personally don't like milk, me and milk, unless it's an ice cream, then I love it. But <laughs> I do not drink milk. I drink almond milk and whose idea that was, I don't know, but I like them for it cause it can, I can tolerate it. But, but milk, like babies will drink milk. They long for the milk, but there is so much meat in God's word. And if you don't have somebody helping you and nurturing you and guiding you and walking with you on the journey, that's tough. And, you know, here's the other thing. Where in God's word do you ever see Jesus giving a corporate or a message corporately to, to, to the body saying, you know what, you should do this by yourself. You know, he doesn't. He always comes to people in groups, you know, always. And he'll talk to the person individually, but he addresses their concerns. 
but the remedy is always a corporate thing. And so this corporate connection, as simple as it is through Zoom, um, I think it's been like a holy ground experience. And I wish you all could do it. I, I wish, I, I long for you to, to be able to experience this type of community. I really, really do. And I'm going to work on, we're going to work on figuring out how we could do that because it's so vital to your spiritual growth. And you know what? You got to look forward, look forward to the future, you know, not, not this future, but the future when we're, we're going to escape this fleshly body and our spirit, who we are is going to be with Christ for all eternity, you know? And I don't know about you, but I want to know him a little bit better before I show up. I don't know how many of you have ever had the blessing of meeting somebody in person you met online first, right? I, I, I remember, <laughs> maybe this is a bad analogy, but I remember, um, um, you know, uh, Derek and Sharon Gilbert met them years ago, right? Through here, through my first company. Um, and then, you know, we exchange emails. I'd read their books. I'd be on their show. They'd come on my show and we'd follow each other on Facebook and we, we've developed this relationship. But the very first time we were out of the box and we met in person, it was like that experience, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we finally met in person. And there's this, there's this thing in my heart that I feel like I long to give you a hug. I long to kiss you on the cheek. I long to embrace you and hold you and let you know how much I love you, that I care so much about you as my sister, as my brother. And, you know, as somebody who, you know, has walked with me through 2020, <laughs> we got the shirt, people. Yeah, we did. We got it. But how much more so reading God's word and we have this love, this love letter from God that we've been reading our whole lives for decades. It's like we found this jewel. We open it up and we're reading it day after day after day. And then one day we get to meet him face to face and say, oh, I read what you wrote me for so many years. And now I get to see you. I can't believe it. And just the experience of that, I think, is going to be so much better than what we can even imagine. You know, we talk about the words coming off the page and being alive, but the, the reality is, is the word is alive. And the word that comes off the page, when you, when you get to, to see Christ Jesus for the first time, I, I, my hope for me is that I will jump into his arms and hold him and then fall on my face and worship him because I know what he did for me. And that's, that is awesome, right? And people who don't get it, they don't get it. But if you've ever had anybody save your life and save you from peril and save you from trauma and save you from hurt and a broken heart, there's really no way you can express a thank you for that except just by showing up and being faithful, you know? So that is what I wanted to say tonight. I don't know what Randall wants to say, but I just wanted to share that with you. And hopefully that, that would, um, top that bare face. That will be difficult <laughs> when I've got nothing in me like that. Well, it just, nothing that emotional. <sighs> my we heart do is have full. God's word. It is. My heart is so full though. It's my heart is filled with joy and, um, and it's filled with joy, not just because of being in God's word, but because there's people out there who get it. They're in God's word. And, you know, don't you want that? I mean, come on, Bareface. Don't you want a revitalization of you being in God's word with other people? Indeed. Totally. All right. All right. Make it happen. Here's, right. here's to the living word. By the way, yesterday I made the comment, I can hold up anything and do a Bible lesson with it. Anything anything and so for fun i thought i would hold this up so this is a mark anthony true professional strictly curler curls three times moisturizer oil cream and butter thing yeah it is i use this on my fluffy hair so you know how can this detangler represent a bible lesson <laughs> I'll tell you.
because it says here detangle defrizz leave-in conditioner right you want to get detangled from sin people make sure you're spraying yourself with god's word <laughs> all right sorry i couldn't resist that was supposed to be funny and it was ad lib what do you expect but god's word is stay in as well it's a stay in conditioner there you go it's not you just you know read it and forget what sort of person you were <laughs> be a doer of it not just a hearer yeah all god's right. word is stay in conditioner all right he nailed it yeah yeah he did all right so <sighs> uh some of you may be aware that uh franklin graham uh called for a day of fasting and prayer and um uh, looking toward the election and several months ago jonathan Kahn and others um, called for a time of fasting and prayer as well. And, you know, you may be inclined to think that, well, it's just, you know, one of these Christian fads again, you know, Christian celebrities out there doing a thing, and it's not important to me. Well, to me, it really doesn't matter who calls for it. Um, there are, I mean, it's, it's a, there is biblical precedent, precedent for... For corporate prayer and fasting, uh, you know, I think of Nineveh. You know, when Jonah came through and announced that in, you know, forty days the city would be overturned, and then the the king there called for fasting and prayer by all the people. Um, you know, uh, Hadassah or Esther, you know, when she was going to go in to her husband, the king. Though without invitation, you know, she said to her uncle, um, Mordecai, you know, please have the people fast and pray for me as I'm about to go in, etc. And there are several other examples in scripture where uh, it's not a, it's not a promise or a certain thing that God will do a certain thing, but it, it just reflects sincerity and when it's done corporately. Uh, rather than just a, um, you know, just individually, I think there's that there is uh, additional power connected to that. There is. And, yeah. Can and, I can I finish? Can I say one last thing? Sure. All I wanted to say with all that illustration was next Sunday Pam's going to be our guest, so make sure you come <laughs> Sunday, okay? Because oh. you'll get to meet her and you'll understand. You'll understand. So, okay, I'm done. All right, whatever. So anyway, as um, I did spend a little bit of time today, not a lot of time, um, praying for government in the upcoming election, I typically pray every day, at least weekdays, you know, praying for those in authority, uh, president, my state governor, and uh, my county mayor, mayor, and uh, my city's board of mayor and aldermen. Uh, not in a great deal of detail, because embarrassingly, I don't know what's happening in every one of their lives. But, you know, just praying that they would, um, first of all, that they would seek God, that they would um, you know, make their decisions based in light of righteousness, etc. Anyway, I'm not here to talk about my prayer life. I'm talking. I'm here to talk about um, prayer for those in authority in general. And my text tonight is second or first Timothy chapter two uh, verses one through four. And if you have a Bible handy, I would admonish you, and I do admonish you, I encourage you to go get it because although we'll be looking at the passage verses one through four to start off with i'm not going to be putting that scripture back up on the screen i will refer to it but so it'd be good if you have your bible there where you can look at the verses when we as we go through so cue up my uh, slides there and as you know well, I firmly believe that the Bible is the only book that comes with its author, and it just it just makes sense to um, prayerfully get into the scriptures. 
Um, the Word of God tells us that the things of that the natural man is not able to um, perceive the things of God because they're spiritually discerned. Um, that so it takes a spiritual mind to ascertain and comprehend the spiritual things of God. So why not pray to God who is spirit? And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, with all that, let's pray and then get into the scripture. Father God, thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your faithful, enduring, loving kindness. We're thankful for the gift of Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus the Christ, who emptied himself of his privileges and took on human flesh, living the life that we could not live, dying the death that we deserve, uh, that we might be declared righteous in him. Uh, this and many other messages that you've communicated through your word, we pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, spirits that are receptive to your spirit, that we might receive all that you have for us in your word. We offer ourselves in this time to you, to use as you will for our good, your glory. We ask it in that name above every other name, the name of Yeshua. Okay then. Praying for government or praying for the government, that is a, a call of Christian duty, I believe. So in Second Timothy, Second Timothy, or First Timothy, chapter two, I'm, I have mild dyslexia. No, dys, dyslexia. I'm serious. I do, and so I'm thinking First Timothy, chapter two, and and somehow my brain and putting the two in front of Timothy, and so I'm, so First Timothy, chapter two, verses one through four, uh, a text here from the Scriptures, T.S. Uh, translation, two thousand nine. First of all, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all men, for sovereigns, and for those who are in authority, in order that we lead a calm and peaceable life, in all reverence and seriousness, for this is good and acceptable before Elohim, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved, and to come to knowledge of the truth. May God bless the reading of his word and certainly our understanding of it. Now, Paul says here, first of all, I want to talk about this first of all. You might think it's important to pray for those in authority, but what he says is first of all, I pray that you know petitions, etc., be lifted for all men, and so he says. Uh, first of all, you know, for all, Paul exhorts that praying for others should be our first priority, rather than self-focused petitions. And that's why I wanted to play that song at the beginning about my never-ending shopping list. It's all about me, me, me. Hey, what is prayer for? But he asked for me. Uh, a couple of um, related scriptures, Philippians 2, verse 3. Uh, Paul writes, doing, doing none at all through selfish or self-conceit, selfishness or self-conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. And when you consider the context of that verse, Philippians chapter 2, that verse, um, uh, the kenosis passage, where I'm even referencing my prayer that talks about Yeshua, Jesus, the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, who did not consider equality with God something to be, some translations say grasp, um, or the old King James, considered a not robbery to equality with God, to be equal with God. The idea is there um, that he did not consider his equality, his divinity as part of the Godhead, something to be tenaciously held on to. Um, the King James calls it robbery because that's like 
taking something forcefully or i think new american standards is is something to be grasped again that's idea it's like you know like a two-year-old with their favorite toy mine you know put that down so you can come to the table to eat no mine you know share that with your sister no mine you know it's that tenacious grabbing onto grasping onto that this is mine i'm not going to give it up that wasn't him he did not consider his equality with God something to be tenaciously held onto, but he emptied himself of his privileges. We read chapter 2, and took on the form of a man, and the form of a, a bond servant, and not only servant, but a servant obedient to death, and not only obedient to death, but death on a cross, uh, which is humiliating, probably just about the most humiliating kind of execution there is, uh, certainly in the first century. And so, and then Paul says, let this mind be in you also that was in Christ Jesus. This, this mindset that is not about me and hanging on to what's rightfully mine, but emptying myself of my privileges uh, for the sake of others. And that's where, in the midst of that, it says, doing none at all through selfishness or self-conceit, but hum in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Uh, Colossians 1.9, that is also why we, from the day we heard, have not ceased praying for you and asking that you being filled with the knowledge of his desire and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Um I mean, you can see it through other other uh, epistle writers as well. Um, but especially Paul's letters, since we have so many of them. Uh, look sometime at how many times he says to pray for me. Pray for me. Or, or well, no, I'm sorry. He does say pray for me, and he, but in his own prayers that he prays for himself. Um, I can think of one straight off. Uh, after his um, uh, apparent ascension into the third heaven, he says, lest, um, you know, lest I exalt myself above measure, uh, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, was given to me. And he says, I prayed three times that it might be taken away. But the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. There he prayed for himself. That, that thorn in the flesh, what was that thorn in the flesh? Was it his eyesight? Was it his, well, it was a messenger of Satan. And I don't think that Paul was being super spiritual or, you know, metaphorical. I think, you know, if all people had a grasp on things, I think there was a messenger of Satan that was assigned to Paul and allowed to um, harass him in some way. It might have been his eyesight, whatever it was, this thorn in the flesh. But the cause was demonic, and it's something that the Lord allowed uh, that, you know, Paul, um, who had, you know, too much is given, much is required, uh, someone who had persecuted the church, had this rich understanding of the, of the word of God, etc., you know, said, hey, my grace is sufficient for you, and that was for him. But that's one instance where I can think of Paul prayed for himself. Um, other times he mentions of praying for others, you know, praying for those churches that they planted or churches they ministered to. They may have not planted them on his missionary journeys, but uh, that he came to be aware of, of a church growing. He prayed for them and, and that he did ask for a prayer, pray for me, you know, and pray for us. But we don't see him praying for himself, that his first of all, you know, his top priority is praying for others. And then, you know, ask people to pray for you. And then, um, you know, and then hopefully their first priority is to pray for you, pray for others. Can we pray for ourselves? Certainly. Um, uh, and there are, you know, um, several examples. Well, the Lord's Prayer, for example, we call the Lord's Prayer, his, his outline of a prayer, his model prayer, when the disciples asked him, you know, teach us to pray. But think about that prayer. Uh, how does it begin? Give me this. <laughs> Give me that. Bless me, Lord, I pray. Give me what I think I need to make it through the day. No, it's 
Our Father who art in heaven, blessed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Why pray for his kingdom to come? I mean, the Lord is Lord of my life. Uh, why his kingdom is already present to me? Why pray for his kingdom is for his kingdom to come for the good of the whole earth, for the good of the whole of humanity? Because when the righteous reign, you know, the people rejoice. Uh, when the prince, prince of peace comes to reign, when the king of of all kings and the Lord of lords comes to reign and sets up his kingdom, it's going to be good for everyone. So you know, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth that is in heaven. Um, it's not about me, it's about others. It's about the welfare of humanity. And then there's give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, our trespasses, etc. Um, but first of all, the first, you know, the first um, priority is praying for others. Um you know, first of all, I pray that um, the prayers, supplications, thanksgiving, petitions, etc. be made for all men. That should be our first priority in prayer, praying for others. The Lord tells us to pray for those in authority, and that's as the scripture goes on, you know, for those in those the sovereigns, you know, those in authority. And, you know, although our inward joy must not be dependent upon our outward circumstances, um, I put or there, it should be our, our outward freedom can be hindered by outward circumstances. That the joy that the Bible talks about, uh, consider it all joy, you know, when men persecute you and say things falsely against you for my sake, uh, the Lord said. You know, consider all joy. Um, that's, um, that's, uh, agileaste, this jumping for joy. And there's, uh, and, and James says, consider it joy, all joy, um, when you encounter various trials. The joy there is kara in the Greek, which means a calm delight. So whether it's a it's a jumping up and down for joy or it's an inner calm delight joy, it's always an inward thing and not um, not dependent upon our outward circumstances. We're being persecuted, things said falsely against us for the name of the Lord. You know, consider it joy. You're encountering various trials, consider it joy. So our joy should not and must not be dependent upon outward circumstances. But our outward freedom can be uh, hindered by outward circumstances. Uh, you may have the joy inside, but what you can do externally will be hindered. If, if, you're, if you're shackled uh, in a prison cell, you may have joy. You may have the joy of the Lord, the joy of his salvation. But what you can do for the kingdom will be limited um, because you're confined to a single space. And if you're in solitary confinement, you know, there's really only a limited amount that you can do. I want you to consider this verse from Jeremiah 29.7. The Lord tells Jeremiah, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. And again, I want you to consider the, 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 the context here. The southern kingdom of Judah has been carried away captive into Babylon. Uh, this is after... Um, just a horrendous time of besiegement and and um, battle and then you know um, capturing incarceration you know shackling whatever and carting off these people to a, a foreign city a heathen city uh, where they spent 70 years um, you know, you would be, think, you know, it might be in your mind to, um, 
you know, we've been dragged here, you know, against our will as a punishment, but that's a whole nother subject. Um, Jeremiah, he was preaching against, you know, he was trying to tell the people that judgment instruction was coming and the Lord told him, but no one's going to listen to you. Just so you know, go out there and preach it, but no one's going to listen to you. Um, anyway, so getting sent off into this, this foreign land, different language, um, certainly not a godly place as captives, um, you would might in your natural inclination might be to pray for the destruction of that place and the destruction of these people and that someone would come and wipe them out and we would be you know we would be vindicated and delivered and get the heck out of here and i want to watch these people burn you know something like that but what does the lord say he says seek the peace of the city where i have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the lord for it for in its peace, you will have peace. And how much more the countries, the, the, the states, the counties, the cities, the provinces, whatever, and where we live. Um, you know, instead of praying for their judgment and, and people will fall and, you know, whatever. Seek the peace of that city where we're at, where we're living. For in his peace, we will have peace. If it, if it goes, you know, if things go there, well, then, you know, then it'll go well for us. Our, you know, not our internal joy, our internal peace that passes understanding isn't dependent upon external circumstances, but our outward freedoms are dependent upon what the external um, condition of things are. And, you know, as, as Paul writes to Timothy in our text, uh, chapter two, and I'm trying to see what verse I didn't have the text up for myself. Sorry about that. Um, you know, uh, he says, you know, that prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, you know, be made for all men, for, for sovereigns, all who are in authority. Why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. Um, you know, pray for those in authority. That, you know, that they're not going to... We don't want, we don't want tumult. We don't want things crashing down in the place where we live. We want to seek the peace of the city where we, uh, you know, where we are resident and pray to the Lord for it because in its peace, we will have peace. We want to live quiet and peaceable lives. Uh, whether or not, whether or not that, that president, that prime minister, that king, you know, whoever they are, whether or not they're a, you know, a born again believer, uh, whatever they do in, in the, you know, in the legislation that they pass, the decrees they make, the orders, you know, executive orders that they give out, whatever it is, um, our prayer ought to be that in that we live a, a quiet and peaceful life. Um, you know, and why live a quiet and peaceful life? Well, because, if, next slide please. Is live a quiet and peaceful life in all reverence and seriousness. That's important because our evangelism will be unfruitful if our spiritual devotion is casual. Uh, consider this verse from Genesis 19, verse 14. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who had married his daughters, and said, Get up! Get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. Now consider the context of this. This is in Sodom, where Lot had first pitched his tent toward, eventually became a resident of, and eventually sat in the gate with the elders, and and uh was you know 
integrated into that city of, well, of sexual immorality and uh, other things. And was he a believer? Yes, he was a believer, but he was kind of an undercover believer. I mean, you wouldn't know it from his participation in sitting in the gate of the city of wicked rulers. And you remember how this all began. He was there with his uncle Abraham out there, and and their flocks were becoming too big to occupy the same place. Abraham says, hey, you know, choose whichever way you want to go. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. You go right, I'll go left. Whatever, choose your way, and let's, you know, for the welfare of our flocks and families, let's put some distance between us. And Lot looked toward the cities of the plain. And that's where he had his eyes, and he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Uh, scripture says, because it was seemed like a great pasture land, and hey, the sport of the city was good for me and mine, and that was his top priority. And then, anyway, so it comes down to a day of judgment for those cities, Sodom, Gomorrah, and the cities around it. And the Lord, through His angels, warns Lot, says, "Hey, get out of here, and whomever, whomever you have." And get out of this city. And, um, you know, we won't, the angels told him, you know, we won't bring judgment down until you're safely away. So, whoever you have, get them out of here. So, you know, he goes to his daughters and sons-in-law. Says, hey, the Lord's going to destroy the city. Get up. Get out of this place. But his sons-in-law, you know, it's, they didn't take him seriously. He's like, what? You know, he seemed to, he seemed to be joking to them. And I'm going to guess because he wasn't living his life in all reverence and seriousness. That he wasn't serious about this relationship with God thing. So when he comes along and says, get up out of this place, you know, judgment is coming. It just seems like a joke. You know, I have to wonder if we're living our lives in all reverence and all seriousness. So when we tell people, hey, judgment is coming, get right with the Lord. You know, today is a day of salvation. We don't know what's coming tomorrow. Does it have an impact um, because of the witness of our lives? Or do we seem to be joking? If, if, our, you know, if our spiritual devotion is casual, it's not, our lives are not filled with reverence and seriousness, then our evangelism will be unfruitful. Just saying. So, so we're to pray for, first of all, for others and for all men, uh, for kings, sovereigns, all who are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and seriousness and all reverence, all reverence and seriousness. All right. Next slide. Um, the word tells us for this is good and acceptable in the, in the light of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and do we have the heart of our Heavenly Father or are there some men some women, some others, that we truly want to endure everlasting torment in the lake of fire. Certainly you're familiar with Second Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That takes me back to the first verse of this passage, First Timothy chapter 2, uh, verse 1. You know, the first of all, our top priority should be praying for others. And are there any, anybody that we wouldn't want to pray for? Or, you know, they're not on our prayer list. Check them off. They're not worthy of it. They don't deserve it. Um, they're completely lost, you know. Forget about them. 
you let me pray for grandma and grandpa and, you know, immediate family, whatever. Paul says, first of all, most important is to pray for others, pray for all men, in fact, pray for all men. And that's, that should be our top priority, praying for others. Um, for it is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Do we have the heart of God as we're living our lives in all seriousness and all reverence, in all godliness and reverence, uh, that our evangelism may not be unfruitful? Are we also praying that all men would be saved? That's the desire of God. If we're living in godliness, our heart ought to reflect his, and that would be desiring that all men would be saved and praying for the salvation of of all people. Um, just want to pop out here to the chat rooms. See, I'm not missing anything. Amen, amen, that's good. All right, so... With those things in mind, I want to take us back to our text. Uh, let's First slide, please. Can I? There we go. I'm giving directions myself. First of all, of primary importance on your before you get to your never-ending shopping list, the first thing in your prayer, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all men. Others first. Including for sovereigns and all those who are in authority. Why? in order that we lead a calm and peaceable life in all reverence and seriousness. For our own good, for our own good, yeah, it's nice, but for his glory, for this is good and acceptable before Elohim our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. I don't know what your prayer life is like lately, but I encourage myself and you to first of all, pray for other people, pray for all men. I mean, we can't name all seven billion by name, but pray for others, and including those who are in authority. Why that we might live quiet and peaceful lives in all reverence, and all seriousness, in a godly way, as a witness, because God desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And one way that is going to happen is if we share the truth and the knowledge of him. And the way we can do that is we, if we live in a society under a government which allows that freedom and... So may our prayers be directed in that direction. And may the Lord bless the reading and our understanding of his word. Stace, you got anything else to share? Just amen. I, I mean... You know, I know that for me, can you hear me okay? Okay, anyway, I, I know for me, it's it's one of these things, it's a challenge, um, you know, because, you know, <laughs> prayer, prayer is a challenge. I mean, I do, I pray a lot, but I, I don't do a, I don't do a lot of, you know, usually when somebody asks me to pray for them, I do, but to labor in prayer, you know, even for the country, it's it's a challenge for me. So, it's just good. It's just a good word of exhortation for me to hear. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, 
And and I'm just really thankful for you that you are such a godly man. You know, you love the Lord and try. you're you know what what everybody doesn't know is Bareface every morning is up pretty early and he's going to his office on his knees and praying. And me, not so much. I'm <laughs> I'm up trying to shut that dumb cat up. Okay. And and then, you know, I get my coffee and then I, I do my thing. But then you spend a good deal of time in the word. Yeah. More time than I do. I know. I'm always like, what are you reading in the word, Bareface? What are you reading? He's like, Psalm 119. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> look. You gotta, you gotta... <laughs> so, but, so, you know, hey, you know, you're, you're, I mean, which takes me sh- off in gotta... directions sometimes. But... You, so you probably have a, a, more of a prayer life than I do in terms of a, a formal disciplined one praying for other people. Um, but, yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I I'm working on it. You know, I I mean, I recently I actually volunteered to pray recently, so I was like, wow, you know, you're you're growing out of that comfort zone of yours. So, because I I'm a I'm the type of person I don't like to pray in front of other people. Yeah. Because I always feel like people are like judging your prayer, like like, ooh, did she say Father? Did she say? heavenly father did she say our <laughs> lord did she say oh yeshua or did she say, i mean whatever you know there's there's people that always will judge you for how you like for for your hair you know <laughs> <laughs> i need a haircut so badly yeah i do but anyway Headphone hair yeah now i was looking at randall okay so you guys see how my hair is motley colored right well mm-hmm. Bareface, this is getting there. Yeah, oops, there, that way. I don't know. He's looking so cute. To your left, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just that was that was just good. It was just good exhortation, and um, and again, I just want to encourage all of you out there to to be in the Word. If you're not a part of my daily disciples group, please join Facebook and uh. Well, if you're if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, you're not in my group yet, then message me. I'll throw you in there. Uh, the other thing is um, we have a text message list. If you're not on my text message list, you can text Bible News to three three two two two. You can join that list. Like I'd really like that list list to get bigger. Um, and um, I'm I'm teaching the Book of Revelation. Uh, I just sent out homework to everybody. This past week, I'm actually going to be sending out a little video too that people can watch um, in a little bit. But um, but it's not it's not too late to join. I mean, there's really not a lot of homework I'm giving. Um, it's a Zoom Bible study. It's it's live every other Tuesday at seven Central, seven PM. Uh, so I'm, so it's in the evening. It's not in the morning. Um, and so I hope that you know if you want to join that, you can join it and let me know. I can add you on my email list. You'll get the Zoom link. Uh, and last time, like I said, we had we had enough people to break into Zoom rooms. I got to throw you into the rooms and got to, to talk a little bit about Revelation and, and that book. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty much my announcements. If you want to give to the show, we would totally love that. Bible News Radio is a nonprofit 501c3. Yeah, it is. And uh, that means you can get a tax break when you donate. So you can go over to our website and do that. Um, and you know, just whatever the Lord lays on your heart will help us out. And, uh, a labor is worthy. Oh, good. Sean, are you join the next one? Awesome. I, I'd love to have you there, Sean. I, I really would. Um, so, um, so yeah, so just do that. And, and to all of you who are pillars of the community already, thank you for that. Um, you know, the money does help because right now we're thin both Miranda and I are like praying God please give us another fish so that we can you know keep keep things afloat so it's it's tough I I don't I I don't think that um I think if you're employed by somebody else you don't know what it's like to be self-employed and uh um yeah so anyway so your donations help and thank you for that and um I will see you um I'll see you in a few days. I'll definitely see you in the Daily Disciples group. Um, so I look forward to that. You know where, where we are if you need us. So reach out. And remember, be bold. Stand up, people, and go with God. Because he loves you. <laughs>